0: Today we will be talking about the classic novel The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. The book describes his experiences as an infantryman during the Vietnam War, as well as perspectives from other men in his unit. Some of the most important and recurring literary elements used in the novel are imagery, symbolism, and setting. Others are used as well, but these three can be seen most clearly. Symbolism is introduced nearly right away in the novel, as O'Brien describes the multitude of the things they carried. From mementos back home, To standard issue army equipment and everything in between letters from a girl named martha are the very first object mentioned on page one they are carried by first lieutenant jimmy cross as martha is a girl he grew to love back home the letters are a symbol of home and everything it stands for as well as everything jimmy felt with martha for example jimmy felt love and security with martha so the letters are a symbol of love and security they're even an escape from the war for jimmy even if it only lasted for a small amount of time Many of the, men, of the men carry the same common necessities or near necessities, such as cigarettes, rations, dog tags, pocket knives, and canteens of water. However, it is the unique necessities the men carry that resemble something else for the men. On page 3, O'Brien says, Dave Jensen carried three pairs of socks, Mitchell Sanders, the RTO, carried condoms, Norman Balker carried a diary, Rat Kiley carried comic books, Kiowa, a devout Baptist, carried an illustrated New Testament. These items may seem irrelevant to the reader, but to the men, they were small symbols of home or safety that gave them that little push they needed to keep going, to keep fighting. The three standard guns, the M60, M16, and M79, along with additional weapons such as M14s and Car 15s and Swedish Ks and Grease guns and captured AK-47s and GCOMs and RPGs and Simonov carbines and black market Uzis and 38 caliber Smith & Wesson handguns, and 66 millimeter Laws, LAWs, and shotguns and silencers and blackjacks and bayonets and C4 plastic explosives. Mentioned on page 7 are symbols for safety and power. With all of these weapons, the men feel safer as they represent forms of self-defense and protection against the enemy. These items were used to keep them alive and well. Symbols of superstition are carried among the men as well. Page 12 says that Lt. Cross carried a good luck pebble from Martha, Norman Balker carried a thumb for good luck henry dobbins carried his girlfriend's underwear and dave jensen carried a rabbit's foot these symbols of superstition are symbols of luck as well just enough luck to get them through today enough imagery is used in the beginning of the book especially when talking about the things they carried to get a basic understanding of each man to show that each one was a real person had character traits and habits that they were more than just a character in the book ted lavender becomes the first man in the unit to die getting shot in the head by a sniper Lieutenant Gross takes the blame personally, and burns the letters from Martha as a way of trying to burn the blame away. Ted's death causes Jimmy to realize that the war is real and right in front of him, so burning Martha's letters is also a symbol for him deciding to stop with the fantasies about her and to get down to business. That night, Henry Dobbins and Norman Bowker play a simple game of checkers, but the men have a sort of envy for the checkers pieces, as even this game of checkers is a symbol of something. Page 31 says, Something orderly and reassuring. There are red checkers and black checkers. The playing field was laid out in a strict grid. No tunnels or mountains or jungles. You knew where you stood. There were rules. Order and sureness are represented in the game of checkers, something that the war lacked entirely. Next, O'Brien reflects on how he almost ran away from the war. He was drafted so he had no choice in going and faced an internal conflict of staying and facing it like a man or escaping to Canada and hiding out until the war was over. O'Brien became, came very close to the latter driving to the border and living along it for a few days at a motel. It was right there. He could have easily made the choice to change his life forever. Yet in the end, he knew he should stay and accept his reality. O'Brien talks about a few war stories that the men tell, and the next big event is when Kurt Lemon dies. He was simply just playing catch with his best friend, Rat Kylie, when he stepped on a booby trap that blew him into the trees, killing him instantly. Gone. Just like that. This takes a serious toll on Rat, and once they reach a village that night, he looks for anything he can find to take out his anger on. On page 75, he finds an innocent baby water buffalo and shoots it in the legs, rib, ribs, neck, tail, and pretty much everywhere except for somewhere that would kill it. He is inflicting pain on this poor animal because he is looking for something that can be a symbol for the death and destruction that the Viet Cong wreaked upon his, upon his life. So, far, so for Rat, it is the baby water buffalo that must suffer. O'Brien talks about how this is the ugly, hellish side of war, but mentions that there is also beauty in war. He uses imagery on page 77 to describe the harmonies of sound and shape and proportion, the great sheets of metal fire strewing down from a gunship, the illumination rounds, the white phosphorus, the purpley-orange glow of Nipalm, the rocket's red glare. This paints a vivid picture of what the war looks like and almost makes the reader feel like they are a part of it themselves. The reader can better imagine what the setting looks like because of this passage. For the next chunk of the book, starting on page 85, Rat Callie tells a long story about how a man at his old outpost was able to fly his girlfriend out to Vietnam. This girl, Marianne, is described through very descriptive imagery. O'Brien says on page 89 that she was a tall, big-boned blonde, 17 years old, fresh out of Cleveland Heights Senior High. She had long white legs and blue eyes and a complexion like strawberry ice cream. Very friendly, too. She seems like your average all-American girl from back home. At first, Mary Ann is a symbol of softness, happiness, delicateness, and all good things that go along with that. However, her story shows that even the softest person can be corrupted by the setting of the Vietnam War. The environment continues to have more and more negative effects on her. At first, it is just small things that aren't really that bad, such as learning to clean an M-16. But she becomes nearly a savage. She starts planning ambushes, going on raids with Green Berets, but then ends up doing crazy things such as making a necklace of tongues, planting a head on a stake, and eventually running off into the Vietnam wilderness to live on her own. The environment around her causes her to go from the sweetest person at the base to falling off the deep end and becoming absorbed by the setting. It shows that the war can change anyone, not just the American soldiers. Later on, after Rat has told his story, the underwear of Henry Dobbin's girlfriend is mentioned again. It is a symbol of safety and security for him. Page 112 says that they gave him access to a spiritual world where things were soft and intimate. They are also a symbol of refuge and escape from the horrible war surrounding him. This shows the motif of men having comfort items to get through the worst times. O'Brien chooses to talk about the first man he killed next. Extreme detail and imagery are used to describe the man. Just from the description of his face, we can almost imagine him. O'Brien starts on page 118 and uses an entire chapter chapter describing how he remembered the man. Minute details are included, such as one of his eyes being a star-shaped hole, three strips of skin peeling off of his cheek, a butterfly being on his chin, and and him having clean fingernails. This descriptive tone, and more importantly, O'Brien's precise memory of the event, shows how great of an effect killing another human has on the soldiers. He can't get the man out of his head and remembers almost everything. Imagery is also used to describe the man himself and his life before the war. O'Brien infers such things as such as that the man was a scholar and not a fighter, that he secretly hoped he would never have to go to war, and feared performing badly in battle. This depicts the enemy as real people, not just targets shooting back at you, but men and women who had lives, families, dreams, and ambitions in their own personal lives. This entire scene depicts a deeper meaning behind the war and the part of the war that isn't just numbers and statistics. Setting setting comes into play more as the story of Norman Balker is told next. It is about Norman back in his hometown, a place where he feel, felt, once felt safe and comfortable. But now he feels like he doesn't fit in with anyone as he can't tell a story. The story he wants to tell of how, is of how his friend Kiowa died next to him in a mud field. And he saw him slip under the mud but couldn't do anything. Page 135 is the beginning of Norman describing how no one will understand and that is why he can't tell anyone. In a place where he once felt like he ruled the world and could do anything, he now feels isolated and alone. His dynamic of home changes as this place where he grew up is strange to him, and where he feels most comfortable now is right with the other guys he served with. After O'Brien shares Norman's tragic story and the fact that he hanged himself after the war, the book goes back to the day after the night that troubled Norman so much. All 18 remaining men are searching for Kiowa's body in the mud, but Jimmy Cross notices one boy off to the side frantically searching for something else. He has lost a picture of his girlfriend from home. Cross finds out that the girl is not dating the boy anymore, so it is all he has left of her. He can't just get another picture. The picture of her was a symbol of hope, hope the boy would get home safely, hope that he could rekindle the relationship, hope that he could be home, and so on. This is why it was so important to him, as well as more reasoning to why most of the men carry pictures from home. O'Brien goes on to tell how he revisited the place where Kiowa died, and buried Kiowa's moccasins in the mud as a symbol of respect, but also a symbol of letting go and moving on from the tragic night. The rest of the book wraps up O'Brien's personal story and develops the theme of The Things We Carry. This theme is clearly seen and relevant throughout the entire story. In the beginning, it is simple, f- physical objects such as guns and equipment. But it quickly moves on to the mental things that are carried, starting with memories from home as well as the accompanying, f- accompanying feelings such as regret and nostalgia. Next come O'Brien's feelings of fear and anxiety as he reflects on when he received his draft notice. These carry on into the war as he is leaving the reality he feared so much. When Dave Jensen beats loose Strunk in a fight, they both carry mutual feelings of anger towards each other until they get even. The men also carry war stories, made up and real, such as the story of Mary-, Mary Ann. They carry real weight, but another object the men carry is the mental weight, the weight of their dead brothers and friends, the weight of the thoughts that it was their fault or that they could have done something to save their brother. They carry the blame, especially a leader such as Jimmy Cross. They carry moral values, such as not to set up camp in, a, in an abandoned church or to not mess with the dead. They carry the weight of loneliness, such as Norman Balker did. They carry the weight of seeking revenge, as Tim did at the end of the book against the new medic Bobby Jorgensen after he botched a mission and almost cost him his life. They carry the weight of each other, knowing that they need to work as a unit to function best. Most importantly, though, and what sums it all up throughout the book, the men carry the weight of the past, and that is what makes them who they are, the troubled men who went to war as boys and returned home as strangers because of the war.